Pokemon colon Destiny Deoxys released January 22nd, 2005. Yet another grand Pokemon adventure on our traversals to video game moviedom. I'm Dylan Vento. And I'm Alex Tamrath. And this is Attract Mode. Once again, we are not joined by one Nick Nundahl because his new computer setup has failed him. Technology has failed him, Alex, which is a big theme in this here Pokemon movie. Yeah, um, that did not occur to me until just now. I was like, wait a second, this all ties together. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. Tetris Effect said it best. Just like uh, all this technology, all this Internet of Things. Yes. Uh, and we'll get into that. Overall, Alex, what did mm-hmm. you think of this year film? Well, I uh, opted to join you for this one because I already knew that I liked this one. Uh, as, as far as the Pokemon movies go, as a, as a children, this was probably my favorite. Um, and as as I'm sure any repeat listeners would know, I, at this point, I really only show up for things that I think I might like. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I know, right? Um it's it's really paying off for me with all the Resident Evil movies. Uh so yeah, uh I I like this one. I like Deoxys. I like the Hoenn region. I like uh all of the appearances. Um the characters are fine. And and as we'll get into, like we seem to have this theory that the through line of these Pokémon movies, that the the core concept that they kind of build off of can be pretty good. It's just like all of it is all of them are surrounded by the 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 veneer of of Pokemon anime uh bullshit. You know, like like the four kids dubs, the the whatever you want to call it, that kind of muddies the water and makes it like for children and and kind of hard to to appreciate as much going back to it. But I think otherwise I think that's fine. I think yeah. I think that's what it is, right? Is that mm-hmm. it it has a lot of them have these pretty deep and sometimes dark themes and then they have to sanitize it for children which is fine i mean like that's the the essence of children's entertainment in a way it's how do we communicate ideas deeper ideas but that a child can understand or doesn't upset them Um, right so these do pretty well i think just something's lost in the in the execution um that makes it different than if you did you know, compare it to a Pixar movie or something. And I know that's apples and oranges and like different <laughs> level value production values going on there. But it's, you know, we talked a lot like Nick, Joe and I about that very first Pokemon movie and like how it's talking about, it's really trying to analyze, um, you know, the actual realities of, Hey, like these people make these animals fight for their entertainment and, I guess prestige in the society, and like that's kind of fucked up, don't you think? And, and Ash literally dies for their sins and yeah, is resurrected. Yes. He is the Jesus figure in <laughs> it's... Pokemon, the first movie. And uh, I think a lot of the, but but even in that movie, they they sanitize it right, like they reverse yeah. everything and they wipe their memories or whatever. And the, like mm-hmm. a lot of these movies do that, and it doesn't bother me. It just it does seem like could push the envelope more if they wanted to they just don't seem they want to what i like about this movie is it in a lot of ways breaks off from the traditional uh setup of or the you know plot contrivances of a lot of the other pokemon movies we've seen like there's really no there's no human antagonist in this movie there's no like traditional antagonist there's no a person that Ash and friends thought was going to be their ally and then turns out to be the villain or like someone who's who was 
at first doing things for altruistic purposes, but then like his his goals become twisted by the end of the movie. There's nothing like that, which was a breath of fresh air. I mean, really, like the villains of this movie are technology yeah the true villains of this movie are technology and miscommunication <laughs> if right. anything yeah this this is like it's it's interesting how it handles uh, a very palpable real world real yeah, real world situation where if we were confronted with an alien species you know like what we wouldn't know what the hell to do um what what's their version of hello uh could be like i don't know a grave insult to us or vice versa um and yeah it's it it again boils that down and it makes it very child friendly um but it's it's fascinating yeah so let's go ahead and get into it um my notes were pretty sparse through the course of of this undertaking um same here but you can you can set your clock to it. Every Pokemon, <laughs> every every Pokemon movie has to start with an explainer, as if you have somehow come out of a thirty year coma and you have no idea what the concept of Pokemon are. So yeah, there's just do, this... do you know what you know what Pokemon are, Dylan? Uh, no. We, why don't you break it down for me? Okay, they're they're like these little cartoon freaks uh, <laughs> that run around this grand, beautiful utopian society. Uh, where they get captured in little balls and forced to have battles with each other by humans uh, who are still like somehow the apex of this world with fire breathing dragons flying around and, and like literal god creatures just existing with everyone else. So, you know, uh, it's perfectly normal, really, when you think about it. Uh, fire breathing dragons, which I'm going to bring up probably again later, possibly possessing a human level amount of sapience yeah yeah that's a recurring thing in this yeah like how what like a pokemon is not an animal like a pokemon is something different pokemon like they 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 can communicate like they can communicate with a human being so what are they what what are they (laughs) i think the the short answer uh that the pokemon company would like you would like to stress as hard as possible is uh don't think about it Oh, okay. You done. Know, just yeah. Um, don't worry about it. Pikachu loves his his master Ash. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> his his owner, uh, 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 trainer. We'll go with trainer. Trainer's the better word here, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I think that's the the preferred parlance. <laughs> um. The. So yeah, so we start with this introduction, like "Welcome to the world of Pokemon," not voiced by Brock this time, just some generic narrator not even like the traditional narrator that you usually get um, was that the same guy who did like the original season of anime it no, sounded I think, like him oh did it to me it yeah. sounded different okay um i thought it was someone different so goes into explainer yada 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 we see like a lot of pokemon different landscapes doing their thing this has all been well-worn territory so we then get this introduction to this <laughs> What I pointed out to be a like spoof or tribute to the movie John Carpenter's The Thing, where it is a Arctic expedition, like exploring like Pokemon living in, in, in Arctic regions. And it's like all of these researchers and scientists like descending off of this like cargo vessel uh, onto a shore. And then out of the sky plunges this meteor that then cracks open and reveals itself to be deoxys which uh we should also talk about pronunciation in this movie uh, a mm-hmm. topic i know you love alex uh mm-hmm. i have always called deoxys deoxys uh i think they say like deoxys in the it movie is deoxys um, yeah i had always said deoxys so I, that that was one okay. that i was fine with okay uh, then, it's when we get to like plural and they still say just deoxys that um that eh, works i mean yeah plural it's fine. fish the plural fish is fish sure plural um, moose is moose and, but but the the requaza pronunciation is probably the most egregious here yes um, they, they, they call him uh requaza which i'm not a huge not a huge fan of to be honest yeah. if, I, if i'm being perfectly honest that's just that just hits the ear wrong 
Yeah. Just bad. Yeah. But as someone that hasn't seen John Carpenter's The Thing, I was like, is this, like, does aliens show up on a meteorite in that movie? Is that, like, how that's so, introduced? Yes. We don't, we don't have to go deep into that, but, like, okay. I'm, I'm curious how one-to-one it is. Um, it was funny how you picked up on it, and I don't think I ever would have. I mean, not just because, like, I hadn't seen The Thing by the time I was, like, watching this movie. As a um, kid. Yeah, but uh, also, like, even now, I don't think I would have thought it was a Thing reference until you said something but yeah um technically the thing does arrive in like a crashed ship in the antarctic region and it is like a an antarctic research station that first encounters it now the john carpenter movie is technically like after all of that happens it's a different arctic research station that the thing like makes its way to i see um there's a more recent movie that is like the prequel uh that that handles the before all that but anyway um yeah i think it is kind of a thinly veiled reference yeah uh well i don't know how thinly veiled it is but yeah seemed i mean i don't remember a big dragon coming down and fighting <laughs> the thing that's, alien that's fair <laughs> uh yeah so that's the next so deoxys you know breaks out of this meteor um is kind of scouring the landscape uh they're unsure what for um and then out of out of the heavens descends rayquaza uh to combat deoxys because rayquaza is like the guardian of the earth like like he's the sky guardian he perceives anything that is extraterrestrial as a threat to the planet he's he's just like a like a big old um protective mom when when anything goes wrong on the earth like lore wise if you played the the ruby sapphire games he's like when when Kyogre and Groudon emerge to have their big fight every couple centuries, um, he's the one who like comes down and shuts them up. Like yeah, he's like gonna, all right, all right, yeah, <laughs> calm, calm down. down, yeah. Um, um, and and I think the idea of like Deoxys penetrating the ozone layer where he lives, <laughs> yeah, they've been, they yeah. made it very explicit to be like Rayquaza never comes down from the ozone layer. Yeah, it's like oh, this is a threat in my territory. Um, I need to take care of it. Yeah, so they fight. Um, they're doing their thing. We get a lot of POV shots from Deoxys' point of view. Uh, and he sees the world in like this weird kind of jello vision. It was, it's like if you like had to look at everything through the T-1000, where it's like all like melty and reflective metal and stuff. And like that's how he perceives everything. It's, it's, it's all just like his vision when he's looking at things on Earth. And he seems to be disrupted or, or at least like he can he can only pick up on like electrical signals or something yeah which is something they explain uh later on um mm-hmm. but hi, him and him and rayquaza fight there's a point where rayquaza uses like a giant like hyper beam type attack and it just shears off deoxys's right arm and it just kind of glows like like the big fucking part of his you know the stump that's left just kind of glows mm-hmm. for a second it grows back his like you know double helix tendrily limb um and they go back and forth on that for a while the 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 part that they kind of make a little that they then realize that deoxys can like interpret things through electrical signals is that deoxys manages to slam Ray- yeah, yeah like slam rayquaza into the ground which there is so much uh uh what's the word um just rampant destruction on this research facility <laughs> <laughs> like every time they shoot and miss it's like purposefully aimed at like some sort of like housing or the the ship they came in on or like the, the giant equipment. vehicles yeah it's yeah. just everything is getting blown up like the 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 knock-on damage of everything in the surrounding area is ridiculous but like deoxys manages to knock rayquaza down to the ground rayquaza gets covered entangled in like some you know pop-up research facility uh and is covered in a bunch of electrical equipment which means that deoxys can't see him and or he can't interpret where he is exactly and so rayquaza shoots um shoots deoxys with one last hyper beam and disintegrates him into nothing except for this giant spherical gem uh in his the center of his chest that falls out of the sky and descends into the water uh during all this yeah 
we also are introduced to kind of the lead researcher. I forget the professor's name. Professor something. Uh, yeah. I God, what is his name? Um, name names are kind of irrelevant here because they introduce so many ancillary characters, but they introduce this researcher professor. I think his spouse or his research assistant. I think it's just his research assistant because um, the boy never refers to her by name or or as mom. He always refers to her by name. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, And Um, then the child who is uh, Tori. Um, And he's probably like, I don't know. He was like six, seven, six by now. He's very young. Yeah. Um, He's a young child. And he's like running off being like, yay, ha ha. Like going and having (laughs) fun. Um, a hostile frozen wasteland for me yeah, to play. Yeah, just no rules, no rules. Yeah, and this uh, is <laughs> this is before the uh, the battle starts, and when mm-hmm. the battle erupts, uh, it causes a stampede of all of these different uh, kind of Arctic Pokemon. So there's like a bunch of Sfeels, uh and whatever Sfeel evolves into, I forget. It's Celio other... and Walrein. Well, there we are. Pulled up. <laughs> nice uh and they all like start stampeding and they all stampede past him and it like terrifies him and he's super freaked out um understandably and and then when the battle ends the the dad professor comes up to him picks him up and they all kind of like seek shelter and they also discover this uh other weird gemstone that was laying about the the frozen wastes that deoxys seemed to take an interest into we we should have also pointed out that actually before Rayquaza attacks Deoxys, he picks up that other chunk of meteorite containing the gem, and uh, from his chest gem erupts a an aurora borealis. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at this time of year, <laughs> uh, which was a reoccurring joke for sure <laughs> throughout yes. this whole. Uh, at you know in the Antarctic, it made kind of sense, but I guess the explanation that it comes from Deoxys was funny. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So they find that other chunk that Deoxys had was holding before he got attacked and carry it off to their city. Um, which we get like a smash cut to Tori in a garden of sorts talking with someone. Mm-hmm. While uh, meanwhile his professor dad and and professor stepmom uh <laughs> are performing an experiment experiment which involves firing lasers at this crystal uh professor i'm not your mom i'm just the mom that stepped up (laughs) that's good uh um and then we have ash and co uh this movie he is joined by may and max and And Brock. brock yep uh same as same as the last uh movie we watched and they make it to this city, which is apparently supposed to be like a technological paradise. Um, with which is a- which is so which is interesting because the Pokemon universe as a whole is already like a techno technological utopia. So like the fact yeah. that this is like even further a technological utopia, which really just means it is it is a uh, um. A surveillance state well it's a surveillance state <laughs> but also it is like it it has no there's no um there's no currency it, that's what no, it seems like yeah there's there's no it's i mean it's it's like a socialist utopia right there's no right. scarcity of of food or resources or anything which is real fucked up like i'd be i would love to just corner <laughs> some Pokemon writer and have him bend over backwards to try to justify the geopolitical like realities of the Pokemon universe and how like this city state has is just this you uh, uh, currency free utopia whereas rest of the world like hey there's free healthcare everywhere for your Pokemon but you still have to pay for things and yeah it's so weird but yes when when ash and co first arrive on the scene they take a monorail like over the water because like this i think it's called south city is that what it's called oh what is it called uh larousse larousse, larousse. city okay why did i okay i'm 
completely wrong there. Yeah. Um, but they like take a monorail end, and when they get off, there's like this giant station. Um, and and they're here to go to the battle tower, which the battle tower was like a post game component of this generation of Pokemon, where you like yeah. fight your way up through multiple battles. Um, and they they get off on the train station, and the first thing they're prompted by is this floating cube robots have you ever seen cubics i have you know i was also going to reference cubics but i thought yeah. that wasn't going to play so we're both here referencing cubics in 2022 <laughs> i'm feeling great also, uh, am i wrong or was that like a a tv show anime tie-in for rubik's cubes oh i don't think so i mean cubics was definitely in the in the post it was the post Pokemon afterglow of like we're gonna make a show about collectible things and right. it's gonna have a it's gonna have a card game and a TV show. I don't know if they ever made a video game. They probably did. And it was probably it was, awful. Yeah, it was about robots. Yes, Cubix was a robot made of yes. cubes. He yes. was great. He was like um, this like prototype robot that was amazing and could do all these things. Whereas all the other robots were like single use but yes cubics was was made out of these like multicolor giant robotic cubes and so yes these these pokemon are not pokemon the robots they should be pokemon they're basically fucking pokemon they they, they definitely act like pokemon these these city i I guess we'll call them like cops or or, i don't know they're also like directories Um, they they have maps maps displayed on them Uh, they are suppression force of some sort because they're they're guides they're all equipped with they have you know six sides to the cube and 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 they're all screened so like one can be like Mm -hmm. a face or they can like take multiple together and form them up to make like a giant map to direct people to things or like one of them can open up and be a be a old-timey flash powder camera yeah purposes of giving you your own unique passport card for the duration of your stay which is what happens the second they stand they they come into the city this robot just zooms up to them it's like all right time to take your picture takes their picture unprompted (laughs) there was no like terms of service or end user license agreement they did that consent uh they did not consent to getting their pictures taken but the pictures were taken and then were immediately sent to like this central hub location where it's like this giant bay of screen revealed to be like being watched over by officer jenny like the police state uh uh, parallels just don't stop (laughs) it's literally a police state because every city in pokemon only has one cop and so why doesn't every city in pokemon do this outside the fact that it's super dystopian i I guess Uh, when the only crime in your world is like a single inept organization like of of i don't know pokemon thieves yeah you can get away with this but stakes are pretty low yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so it's super wild that so they get their pictures taken. May like is super surprised. So her her passport picture is like super awkward, where she's making mm-hmm. like this ah like <laughs> upset face. Um, and they all get passports, and then the passports, like we were saying, can be used everywhere in the city. So they're like little RFID cards. They can go up. There are like they're just roaming robots of like dispensing hot dogs and hamburgers and ice cream and, and ice cream and you just go up and go boop boop and like swipe your card and it just dispenses you ice cream and no money i guess no money. It's, yeah. it's like that's cool all you had to do was give away your your identity mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> to, the, to the state to get free lifetime supply of ice cream e- even trade baby even trade uh yeah do it in a heartbeat Gets you into buildings. Let's check out library books. It registers you for the battle tower, um, and then they also like, register you for the draft, the Pokemon <laughs> draft, <laughs> the Pokemon War draft. Uh, you get, uh, and then they step outside, and there's like moving sidewalks, like like genuine people movers from from airports, like even even like a, a slow one and like a fast lane for when you really got to get there and you don't yeah. want to walk. Um, and Ash is you like, know. I want to go to the battle tower. And he steps on it unknowingly and it zooms him off in another direction. Right. And then a bunch of locals are going to the other way and they're like, ha ha ha. Uh, <laughs> out of towner doesn't know what the fuck to do on these moving sidewalks. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we meet like his his new rivals for the purposes of this film, which are um, Gary 2. Uh, yes. What was his Boogaloo. name? What's his name? I, it's like Ray remember. or Wraith. At first, I thought they were saying Ray, and then later on, I could have sworn they were saying Wraith. It is Wraith. 
spelled R-A-F-E. Rafe. Okay. Rafe Fines. So his yeah. rival Rafe Fines is here. Uh, <laughs> Lord, Lord Voldemort himself. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he got a Blaziken. Um, that is all we know about him. Also, mm-hmm. he is cocky and smug the whole, the whole last time. Um, Do you think in the Pokemon universe, you know how like people in our world like consume media and they're like this is a piece of media i really like it's my entire personality do you think people in pokemon are like this is my pokemon it's my entire personality (laughs) so like this is my blaziken what more do you need to know about me i have a blaziken or do you think like like, what wasn't gary like pretty famous at this point he'd like become a champion and like a researcher like do you think he like saw gary on tv and was like this is this is my idol oh god to become like this man people looking Um, up to that Son of a bitch, Gary Oak. All right, we're we're like we're like half an hour through this and barely scratching the first quarter right. of the movie. Um, so they, so yeah. they introduce all these ancillary characters. Right. Um, uh, there's there's a big guy who has a crush on May. Um, Rafe has two twin sisters who are non consequential throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they're just they're just in the background for the majority of the shots and don't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a finally research lady who is a young woman with a laptop who uh is is there to like record and analyze her battles and other things and like do lots of science she, stuff. she's she's the one to like provide answers when they need some sort of deus ex machina right exactly resolution ash wanders his stumbles his way into the battle tower but along the way runs into tori tori gets roped up with him they mm-hmm. have a particularly embarrassing battle. Tori is trying to avoid him because he is terrified of Ash's Pikachu. And he is like right. trying to get away from this kid. And Ash is like, wait, hold on. I want to talk. And like yeah. is not picking up the social cues to leave this kid alone. Uh, Yeah, poor Ash might be a little spectrum coded in this movie. I, <laughs> I didn't think about that until now, but uh, it kind of comes across that way. Hey, hey. Um, Maybe there's maybe that's just every Pokemon trainer. <laughs> that might be. Yeah, considering the fact that they just hang out in fields and like go, Hey you <laughs> we locked eyes. Now we gotta do this. <laughs> uh yeah, but but they like get off an elevator and this guy is like super pushy. He's like, Oh, you're here for your battle and like just grabs them and hoists them onto like the moving platform. Yes. It's just like, There you go, get going. You know, you don't want to be late. It's like yes. Tori. Well, Tori is just like, please, no, no, God, no. And uses <laughs> Anything their <with> this. <laughs> their non uh, uh, non consented to state issued IDs to uh, register them for. It just scans them. It just yeah. does like a full body scan and recognizes where the card is. It's like, all right, these are these are the two people. Yep. Um, and then they get hoisted into a battle against surprise, surprise, the two rivals from earlier, the big guy and the smug guy, Blaziken and Blastoise. Um, Pikachu, uh, Ash, of course, sends out Pikachu. Tori, being afraid of Pokemon, has none. So Ash is like, uh, here, try this one. And again, proving that Ash has never, ever learned what a type matchup is. Sends Torkoal out against a Blaziken and a Blastoise. Yeah. Like, that's not Ash. This stupid motherfucker. What the hell? And, yeah. and like, it, it just further um, uh, enhanced by Tori's absolute not uh, absence of knowledge about yeah. pokemon and pokemon battles so they they get their asses handed to them i think torkoal sabotages pikachu several times it's great um we get a brief moment of tori being scared of the blastoise rushing at torkoal and it's like flashing him back to that moment so in case you haven't picked up on it yeah tori's very... afraid of pokemon <laughs> tori has ptsd after almost being trampled by a horde of pokemon which again right. pretty justified uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it could have been done. There's a defter touch. Like, again, this is one of those prime examples, right? Where it's like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, what is a kid to do in a world that's that's focused so much on these pocket monsters if they are terrified of pocket monsters? Um, And there's like a really interesting, I don't know, semi-sanitized way to talk about PTSD Mm-hmm. I don't think they they do it justice here. I mean, they don't really, but that, yeah. yeah, it's like we've been saying. It's 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 Pokemon. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, uh, uh, and they leave that battle, and we meet Tori's parents, who then continue on to explain that Tori is, if you didn't know, afraid of Pokemon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he had a traumatic experience as a child. Um, 
just really trying to send that one home. Right. We get another shot of Tori talking with his invisible friend mm-hmm. at, at the at the garden center, and um, also a, a shot of again, him. I think again contributing to <laughs> the theory that every uh, Pokemon person is spectrum coded. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, uh, we also have like Plusle and Minin and Munchlax, who yes. are like minor Pokemon characters throughout this. Uh, Tori comes across um, a Plusle and Minin after Minin has got its head stuck in one of these automated trash cans. Um, and, and and we didn't mention Munchlax earlier, but he is also around. He steals food. He tries to kick bottles into trash cans. He's just he's there. Um, Tori gets over his fear enough to save the mine and to pull it out of the trash can. But then when Plusle gets excited about it and like wants to hug him or whatever, um, Tori freaks out and runs away. So it's further driving home the point. But it, I think it's also establishing that he's working on it, maybe. Um, and then later meets up with the gang when they're in a park having some lunch. And like they hang out. They have food. It's delicious. Um, Brock made fondue. Brock made fondue. Brock always makes the best looking food. Goddamn. Um, Justifies his his creepiness towards women, I guess. Yeah. Or ex- I mean, ex- hon- excuses it. Honestly, if he just like opened up about like, hey, like I'm a really good chef and a really good dad, um, dad brother or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, like he would have no problem. But instead, he opens with like. Hey baby, why don't you marry me? Like he's got this whole Johnny Bravo routine that has never yeah. worked. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Brock, you're absolutely a catch. You just gotta like work on the approach, dude. <laughs> yeah, subtlety not his strong suit. Right. Um. And, and like uh, it, what it like attracts a bunch of Pokemon, and I think they're trying to use it as a way to help Tori ease into Pokemon. But he once again gets afraid and runs off. Also, much like steals all of the food when they turn their backs. Uh. Around this time, Deoxys, the original one, the one that got disintegrated by Rayquaza, mm-hmm. has emerged from the Arctic Sea, reformed. He gets to the city, and after we have like a musical sequence, which every one of these Pokemon <laughs> movies has to have, yeah, um, of everyone having fun with their Pokemon. Hey, isn't life in the Pokemon world great? Uh, Deoxys is like there, standing on top of the tallest tower, and he like shoots at the aurora borealis it's like absolutely baffling everyone science girl with her laptop is like recording it and is like what the hell is this this shouldn't be happening here um and uh this is this is around like there's basically nothing happens between here and when deoxys starts to like rampage essentially he he can't see anything from what we've gathered about Deoxys's vision. It's disrupted by electrical signals. It's uh, not just technology, but the ones people in Pokemon give off just naturally. Um, so he uh, comes up with this master plan to duplicate himself infinitely and get rid of all of the technology and all of the people in Pokemon. He's he's like sending out these these grayish monocolored copies of himself that are just scooping up people and objects left and right um, shooting out like EMPs to just like shut down everything carry them off Uh, the city issues a state of emergency while the gang is like currently inside of the greenhouse Um, that's right Tori was showing them his best friend Um, the, the floating glowing hologram crystal thing inside the garden center so when it shuts down uh, their key cards to open doors don't work because the system is offline. Oh um, no! The folly of man relying too much on technology <laughs> even to open a door. Shaking fist at sky, Internet of Things. Yeah. Um. And 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 like they they don't know that the outside world is like currently undergoing. I guess what you could call a zombie apocalypse, but also like via alien. Um. You know, like everyone's being taken away um, by this this object, and it's and it's a generally like terrifying conceit. Body snatchers, this, yeah. That this Pokemon that no one has ever seen before from space has showed up in your city and is just grabbing people, abducting abducting them, literally abducting them, taking them to a building somewhere else. Um, I do have to say, 
I kind of hate that they call Deoxys Deoxys a Pokemon. Like, like I hate like the second they the he shows up, they're like, "What is that? Is that a Pokemon?" Like, <laughs> like everything in this world is either it's either a Pokemon or it's not a Pokemon. And like, it, and the concept of Pokemon are already so fucked up, right? Because you have like inanimate objects or like plant life right. that are Pokemon. So it's like, what does it even mean to be a Pokemon? But the idea that something not of this world is also in that classification really frustrates me because it's like it's it's an alien like we have yeah. a word for this thing it's called an alien it doesn't yeah. have to be a pokemon it could be an alien like that's professor the professor's first words when he sees it he's like well, well like the, the his assistant's like is that a pokemon and he goes it's a pokemon from outer space bum 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 uh cue the theremin music um <laughs> just as a recurring motif throughout the whole movie whenever deoxys shows up x-files theme yeah um the the deoxys cones continue being creepy grabbing things um they try to break into the garden center and they have to like retreat to like an underground bunker through it through a backdoor exit yeah oh Oh, another thing that i want to point out is uh not only is everything shut down and like they've like created evacuation systems and like mm-hmm. the cube robots from earlier like build a like makeshift bridge out of themselves to like mm-hmm. ferry people off the island uh across the water um they're complaining the gang that's all collected together ash and co and rival and co uh they are complaining how nothing is working including the pokeball management system oh yeah which means that all of these capsules that contain living creatures within them can only be activated turned on and opened if it is connected to this mesh network somehow (laughs) which what does that mean because people are fucking catching pokemon in the middle of fucking nowhere and seemingly doing okay is there just like it's a really strong network though (laughs) I guess they have like put up like cell networks literally everywhere in the globe where like there's just a super strong satellite system that can like maintain I, I wonder this. if order to like retain its utopianness because like we've seen later on Pikachu is able to electroshock these vending machines to get free food. Um, do you think like to kind of keep things in check maybe they're like uh, we're gonna um, be able to turn on and off Pokeballs at will just within the city? Oh, you're hijacking the thing. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I might, um, I might adopt that as my fan theory. But I don't know. It's still <laughs> yeah. kind of a scary idea that at any moment your Pokemon, like, like if the grid goes out, if Pokemon World ever experienced a solar flare, <laughs> um, the, the, they just might never see their creatures again. Right, <laughs> their and, pets. And what you brought about the, the, the food vending walking machines, uh. Like, they run out at some point, like, in the middle of the night to, just, like, try to scrounge for resources because they've still been, like, trapped in this in this facility trying to avoid the, the Oxus clones. It's literally like an apocalypse disaster movie scenario right. where they're, yeah. they're huddled in a bunker and they're like, okay, we got to go out and, like, find some food now. Right. And I think that is done really well. I yeah. think that is communicated perfectly. Like, it's, yeah. it's like a zombie movie or it's like Jurassic Park where it's, like, the, the city... I mean, I feel like Jurassic Park's pretty a pretty close analog where it's like this utopia or this thing that we've built that we thought was going to be amazing turned out to be terrible, and so now yeah. we have to deal with the consequences. But yeah, so they it's it's a lot of back and forth of trying to avoid the Deoxys clones, um, trying to figure out what to do. Um, Rayquaza has showed up at this point, but Deoxys um, has also managed to put up a force field surrounding the entire city so no one can get in or out of the island which is interesting because there are also wind turbines that help power the city and the force field i guess it blocks the wind yeah blocks air currents from turning the turbines which continues to prevent the power from happening so what is the a to b here at some point, they make it out of the bunker enough to to learn that people are getting carried to this dome, this little Epcot <laughs> Center place. Yes. Um, which its purpose was never explained, uh, other than it being a very convenient place for storing people in Pokemon. <laughs> right. Um, 
And and also there's like a shot of one of the Deoxys clones carrying a hot dog machine and dropping it in the water because it starts to like freak out. I think it's the one that Pikachu temporarily gives charge. So they learn that, okay, it's like disrupted by electronics. Um and and we need to um I don't know, use these things to our advantage. And I I forget exactly how I, I know that they go they have a plan to get to the dome that involves uh Rafe and his Blaziken giving themselves up. Yeah. Uh he he goes to the dome to meet with everyone else and he's also got like uh he's able to like reach Minin because Minin get, gets captured earlier. Um and Pikachu and Ash and Tori and Plusle and I think a few others go to the dome and with all these electrical Pokemon, one on one side, one on the other, they're able to like complete a circuit or charge a battery enough to open this building and get the people out. Um, and then there's also like an effort to get the turbines started, just to get like enough power to set up this big machine at the lab where they were experimenting on that crystal. Right, because at um, this point is kind of where the reveal comes in, where uh because they learn the, the movie now communicates to us that deoxys is sees only electrical currents and electrical signals so that mm-hmm. he was he was removing basically any interference from people and pokemon and technology um within the city and that's why he was migrating them all into this dome and not you know dropping them into a giant vat of acid or a meat grinder (laughs) (laughs) which is what they like kind of like leave you wondering like what's going on in that building um he's removing all that distractions to get find out where in the city this gemstone is and then the gang realizes that tori's invisible friend the little shimmering hyperdimensional looking being it's sort of like the projected consciousness yes of the other deoxys yeah right yes it is the it is this gemstone the 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 friend is emanating from this gemstone the gemstone is another deoxys and assumedly the the main deoxys's partner um so they need to repower the grid so they can power on this machine that reconstitutes the gemstone to resurrect this other deoxys and meanwhile, Rayquaza has successfully broken through the force field after like ramming on it for however long, like 12 hours or something, and starts a battle with... Well, uh, we, we should point out that it's because Deoxys gets distracted by um, the signal coming off its now resurrected partner. It's sort of like the big climax happens because all of these things kind of intertwine. Uh, converge, but, yeah. Yeah, um, Deoxys is like, <gasps> um, the other Deoxys is alive. I can sense it. And then like uh, something about that kind of causes the force field to, to weaken. And at that point, Rayquaza shoots his way in and worms his way through and starts the fight all over again. Um, yeah. <laughs> you punk ass bitch. I told you to stay off my planet. It's <laughs> like, yeah, grabs him. Uh, starts starts their, their tussle all over again. Right. So if you um, thought there was not enough collateral damage in that first fight they had in the isolated <laughs> Arctic facility, let me tell you, have two yeah. demigods fighting each other inside a giant megalopolis. <laughs> we were talking about like uh there's there's a bit where we're essentially Ash and the gang like come out of a subway to see Deoxys getting chased by Rayquaza through the city streets, like weaving between towers. And like, what would you do if you just walked out of the subway and saw an alien fighting your sky God, <laughs> like mere feet from your face? I'd be like, ah, another Tuesday. <laughs> ah, I'm going to be late for work. Love being in the Pokemon world. <laughs> they had that, they had that one episode where they went to like the city it was either Celadon or it was like based off of Celadon where like all the citizens there were like uh, uh, gambling addicts. And so they're all oh, just yeah. dicks to each other. And I just imagine that's like how the Pokemon writers perceived New York city to be. Just, everyone's <laughs> miserable and hasn't or Las slept Vegas, for maybe. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's miserable and hasn't slept for eight days and don't, don't want to talk to other people. I, is this city just a vacation spot? Cause it kind of seems that way. 
I don't know. I, what's the industry here? What's the industry in any right? Pokemon if everything's city? free, then why? What What do people do for work around here? What are all the buildings for? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alex, uh, Alex just go turns into just a uh, just a hard laissez-faire capitalist capitalist of like if no one if everything's free then no one has a reason to work and this is why and this is why poverty is <laughs> a good thing says alex damrath i i i god i i'm not gonna spend too much time on this but my favorite anime kino's journey is like a star trek style question of the week kind of thing and and there's a country that she travels to where robots have taken over all of the jobs and nobody needs to work but they do anyway because the country ends up like in order to come up with a system to keep everyone busy and and to like keep the economics flowing they just measure your stress like the higher your stress levels the more money you earn and and it's like so so people will just do like menial task work in an office that doesn't amount to anything but because that's like the only way to earn in a society that's like fully taken care of uh it's it's such a it's a weird concept but anyway uh (laughs) I don't know why I went on that tangent. Deoxys requires a fight. Deoxys's wife shows up, um, and and uh, what picks up like Tori and Ash with psychic powers, which you mentioned must be like the third or fourth time this has happened to Ash. Yes, the um, third or fourth the, time they have like received supernatural flight from a legendary Pokemon. Right. Um. And and, and the and the lady Deoxys is like, "Yay! Thank you for freeing me. Let's go find my husband." And like they're they're flying around the city, um. And they find each other, just as like Deoxys has Rayquaza on the ropes, like Rayquaza's on the ground wriggling while while Deoxys is just like blasting it over and over again with various energy attacks, um. And uh, his partner does like the defense form thing forms a shield and like dives in front of the uh, the oncoming blast um i think sort of equating the kindness she received from tori while she was a a force ghost if you will uh to like a you know the people of this planet are are nice and we shouldn't be bothering them mm-hmm. like this um well i mean like rayquaza has always been the instigator right but she doesn't so, know that she's only been a rock like this this whole time i've been a rock yeah and, I'm, a, and, and, I'm a rock type pokemon and, and i think the concept has been that her her ghost only appears because like the laser experiments were giving her just enough energy to do that interesting so, so um, she hasn't like been conscious for anything except talking with tori in in the garden um, sure i just meant that like it's not like her partner has become in a you know a hostile person oh true yeah. it's just that like the if anything the the boy deoxys because i guess they're gender coded it definitely feels that way <laughs> yeah um like their 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 calls they're definitely different pitches um yeah uh the 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 boy deoxys has been attacked by rayquaza yeah. Uh, multiple times and he's just kind of defending himself right but yes so uh, uh, he, he has only known pain and hurt upon his arrival to this planet and she yes. has only known kindness and conversation so it's like it makes sense yep. um but she soothes him in, in a a brief moment where they communicate via aurora borealis um and and they kind of like dance around it together for a little while in a, in a, in a sort of touching moment before Rayquaza's like, uh, <laughs> uh, fuck that shit. And yeah. like, hey, we're still fighting again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it isn't until like their battle knocks out some central nervous system, the Skynet for the cube for the cubics uh, that um, everything just goes to shit in, in a much further way. Uh, apparently, the city manufactured enough goddamn cube robots to smother every single building and street. Yeah, and a dense layer of cubes. So uh, that's what happens. The, the cubes run amok and just like pour out into the streets and start covering buildings and breaking through windows. And and like I, the explanation for what they're doing isn't exactly clear. They're just like they've run amok. Yeah, um, it's like they've been they they've gone haywire for lack right. of a better explanation. Uh, uh, and there's a scene in this where Wayquaza is protected from the cubes by the two Deoxys, both going into like defense form to put a shield around him. To, to, yeah, you know, they, he doesn't get suffocated by cubes, and he sees this. He's he's like, oh, oh, they're nice people. I never knew. Rayquaza gets over his his racism. 
Um, <laughs> his, his, towards his, aliens. Yeah, he hates <laughs> he hates illegal aliens. Yeah. Um. There's there's a. I and then it like comes down to um Tori's dad on a TV screen being like, hey, if you could find the central robot, the one that's glowing red in the sea of gray, um, and you like put your passport on it, that should create like a few seconds of a backdoor opening for us to shut all these these things down. Which that's wild to me with this seemingly mesh network of technology where there is one central controlling robot unit that you would need to get access to and not just any of them could be used as the injection point this this is what happens when you just like you know build your entire city on the internet of things that's true it's not uh, ready yet even in the yeah. utopia of pokemon <laughs> when you wire all your pokeballs to a mesh network <laughs> tori tori's dad comes on the big screen and he's like tori i've put the whole city on the blockchain this is what you need to do do, do you have an ethereum son <laughs> use your wallet card <laughs> like tap it to the rfid reader tori tori i've minted the deoxys <laughs> it's not it's fungible, not fungible Tori. <laughs> why is his dad suddenly rick from rick and morty <laughs> i was gonna say walter white oh that's not bad either just yeah, some yeah, just okay. some weird mishmash of hostile paternal figure yeah <laughs> um i i here comes a a platforming sequence which no pokemon game has ever prepared you for um yeah. P- pikachu luckily has played super mario 64 uh speed ran it even knows how to leap from block to block to get to the the central one in the air um uh, ash is a little worse at it but they both wind up on the processor ash pulls out his passport drops it <gasps> oh no the day it's, it's over everything's gonna die Ventori's like okay here have mine and throws it at ash Ash can't catch it, but Pikachu leaps from the robot, batting it with its with his tail midair so that Ash can catch it and mm-hmm. taps it to the robot, allowing Officer Jenny to hit a big red button that saves the day. Um and let's clarify that like the way they set the scene up makes it seem like all these characters are dying because they're just being swept away in this literal sea of cube robots and there's which, a point which we have to imagine way as much as like a whole computer you know yeah, yeah. and uh, there's like the munchlax from before like is like floating away and gets submerged which makes him <laughs> force evolve into a snorlax and he reemerges, and then he just slowly starts sinking back down beneath the waves <laughs> it's of just robots. like the perfect perfect snorlax moment I, I, I love Snorlax and all of his appearances. I, I think, um, and it is like a lore thing. He eats a hot dog and evolves. And I think it is like canon that Munchlax evolves to Snorlax once, once he's eaten enough. Mm. Uh, so so he has like one last hot dog out of the machine. Becomes a big old Snorlax. Big enough for, for everyone to like climb off of uh, the hot dog. Basically, he's like, he becomes a platform for them to to get off of and onto some cubes. Um. And then and just like and then casually, <laughs> while still probably asleep, like sinks beneath the sea of cubes, and it's it's perfect. Like like face never changes, serene, everything's perfect right now for Snorlax. It's wonderful. Um, um yeah. <laughs> so they save the day. They swipe yeah. their RFID card. It disables all the robots. All the robots right. come crashing down, turned uh, off. Amazon and Whole Foods learn a valuable lesson. <laughs> yeah uh, hopefully we're, we're axing our <laughs> our prime air drone program it's no longer has, has, has anyone shown jeff bezos this movie he should see this movie <laughs> yeah he would just be like well clearly they just didn't have enough robots yeah if, um, if they had more robots well the problem is they were giving stuff away for free yeah yeah that's the issue <laughs> yeah but this is just wrap up right like yeah. everyone like the deoxys deoxys plural they oh sorry go ahead well, I was just saying they they like thank Tori and gang. They like go go in peace. Uh, the Rayquaza has has learned a valuable lesson um, that they're not hostile invaders, and they were just About looking judging for... people based on their appearance. Yes, uh, Tori, we, we we need to mention him leaping from a massive tower of cubes, certainly to his death, uh, in order to catch Puzzle and Minan. Yes, to save their lives. Um, and, and as they're falling 30 stories from this tower of cubes, uh, 
one of the the deoxys pick him up and save him and rescue him and, and it's and it's a, a touching moment tori has gotten over his fear and learned to love again yep uh yeah and then we had all the wrap up and then mm-hmm. uh we we get some credits with some other cute scenes oh and i don't think we ever mentioned team rockets also here yeah, this is they like don't the most non consequential Team Rocket appearance in like any of the Pokemon movies so far. They don't do anything. They, they're there for comic relief. Yeah, well, they're always there for comic relief, but they yeah. sneak they sneak onto the island uh, and don't go. They don't the get pro- a passport. They don't get their passports. <laughs> they don't go through the proper channels. Uh, like they they you know they live off the grid. You see, right? And so they see the roving hamburger dispenser machine, and Meowth's like, "I want a hamburger." And like they like start smacking it to like try to get it to spit out a hamburger, and then the cube robots come up with tasers. Yeah, and, like, and like in d- cop form. Yeah, <laughs> just like <laughs> oh my god, yeah, because because Jesse like starts like what waving her butt in its face and is is like I want four hamburger. And yeah, just, wow, wonderful. Je- um, Jesse Jesse says a cab. Yeah. Um, Props to her, honestly. Uh, there's also a... I think what they're trying to restart the turbines. They're, like, for some reason, hit in the woods with, like, a with like a power bike or something. The kind of yeah. thing you can pedal on to generate electricity. And it's like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just... no, no one lets them know that the power's been restored. So the end so of the movie, they they're still, doing it they're still the on there. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> they're going to die on that bike. Yeah. I mean, yeah... They, if you think about the fact that throughout this whole movie they just haven't eaten, they've been hungry the whole last time. Mm-hmm. They probably can't last too long on there. Jesse James and me all starve to death. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, but that's Pokemon colon Destiny Deoxys. Uh, yet another Pokemon movie in the bag. Yet another legendary accounted for. Yeah. Because that's all these movies are for, is for right. just introducing the latest legendary we can't put legendaries in the regular show i mean that would of be of course a waste. not it's not like yeah. they put ho-ho at the be- very beginning of the anime like within the first five episodes well that was just a teaser you know that's that's for what's to come has oh has oh ever appeared in a movie or they've like kept him in that in that episode and like never again i have no idea i don't think he ever has we'll find out one day yeah when you're done with all of these movies yeah that answer that tell me that fateful answer will be answered. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Are you excited for what's next? What is e- next, Dylan? E- even though you may or may not be on this episode, depending on how Nick's computer problems shake out. Let me know. What do we got? Um, let me let me ask you something. Okay. Do you like do you like anime? I have been known to enjoy the occasional anime from time to time. Do you like Netflix? Oh, God. Okay, what's up? Do you like Tekken? Kind of. Okay, all right. So we'll say two for two for three so far. Sure. Let's, let's take all those things together. You put them in a bowl, you stir it up, and you got what's called Tekken colon Bloodlines, which was uh, a miniseries that came out back in August. Wow. I think it's... Uh, it's, it's I forget which number Tekken it is. I think it's like three, four, or five. What are they up to? They, they they just announced eight, right? So we're uh yeah. But this is I think this deals with uh oh wow, all the characters' names just flew out of my head. So it's Heihachi, right? Heihachi, yeah. Kazuya. Kazuya. And then what's Kazuya's son? Oh god, I don't know. Okay, da- I think this Damon <laughs> That's probably not right at all. Well, whatever it is, it's dealing with Kazuya and Kazuya's son, I believe. If I if I have my facts straight, I believe it's between those two characters. Um, they keep aging up everyone in those games. I mean, how is Heihachi still alive? He's like he has to be like a hundred years old at this point. Jin, Jin Kazuma, Jin. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, man, I I just so I went to the Tekken wiki for this. It lists his likes and dislikes. Do you want to hear his likes and dislikes? Yeah, tell me his likes and dislikes. This is Kazuya Mishima of Tekken Faves. This is what he likes. He likes ultimate power. Okay, all right. He likes same. his mom. Okay, same. He likes his grandfather. Uh, uh, he likes his devil form. Okay. 
Uh, Same. He likes his father's irritated expressions. Okay. He likes a world in chaos. (laughs) (laughs) He also likes world domination. This is a dating profile. (laughs) And lastly, he likes vengeance. What does he dislike, you may ask? His father. Okay. His son. Okay. His son's devil form. Okay. His adoptive younger brother. Yeah, yeah. And volcanoes. (laughs) I mean, he loves dropping people into him, so. I I, I think he himself was dropped off into one at the beginning of the first Tekken, and that's why. Was that? No, I thought he... I thought he's thrown off a cliff. It's like a long-running joke in the series that the the Kazuya... That the Mishima family keeps dropping each other off into volcanoes. Yes, yes. but it's, yeah. it's, it's it's it was it was back and forth. It wasn't just one right. way. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. His father dropped him in, then he dropped his father in, and then it like kept going back and forth. I, yeah. These people keep surviving volcano drops. I don't know. Um, it, it might be the devil form helping them out, which which he likes, you know. So, well, I hope my devil form helps me when we watch Tekken Bloodlines next time.